If everyone has lemonade stands, I think we can do it. These inspiring words were expressed by Alex Scott, the little girl who was battling childhood cancer and decided to have a lemonade stand in her own backyard to help fundraise for a cure. In honor of Alex and everyone fighting this disease, join ST Bank June 1st through the 8th at all bank branches for lemonade days. Enjoy treats and activities. Help us support research, awareness, and hope for these children and families in need. Let's make people our purpose and build a brighter future together. ST Bank, member FDIC. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. This is a Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Steelers are facing their first must-win of the 2022 season, and we're saying that in week four. First official one. It was up in the air last week, but because of the loss last week against the Browns, there's no debating this one. It's a must-win against the Jets on Sunday. Well, and the smart Alex out there, too, will be like, it's not a must-win until the loss makes you mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. Yeah, it's only week four. How could you really be in that much danger of losing on a playoff spot? I'm not a math major, and technically they'd still be alive for the playoff race if they lose this game, but come on. Come on. Be a little bit of a scientist now and have a hypothesis and try to map out how they get to the playoffs if they start 1-3. and three. Everybody on in the SNR Airways has been pointing it out. If you lose this game, Tom, to the Jets, you could enter the bye week with a 1-7 and seven record. Do you want to do that? I don't want to do that, but I'm also going to say either. this right from the jump. They're not losing to the Jets. Yeah, they're not. They're not. Lose. This Damn it, this is still the Pittsburgh Steelers, okay? They don't lose to the Jets at home when they need to get the win. They lose to the Jets on the road when Michael Vick's playing quarterback for the Jets and you've already kind of got the season wrapped up and it's a middle-of-the-year kind of game and you're sleepwalking through it. But not here in Akershore Stadium when you have to have the win. They're going to beat the Jets. They're a better team than the Jets are. There may be fewer than ever in our lifetime of teams you can point to and say they're worse than the Steelers than there are this year, but the Jets are one of them for sure. They are in the bottom of this league it's a miracle that they have a win on their resume anyway. They've led for a whopping 22 seconds of game time all year long. <laughs> One offensive snap, which was a kneel down where they had the lead. The Steelers are a better team than the Jets. The Jets should be winless, right? I mean, that, That's what I'm saying. that they, game that they won against Cleveland should never have happened. It had never happened in the history of the league until the Jets did it. Coming back from two touchdowns down uh, in the final, what, minute and 45, 49 seconds. So, yeah, they absolutely should have been winless going into this game. And that would have made you feel a lot more comfortable facing off against them when you're facing an, a 1-2 and two team versus an 0-3 team. However, that one win sticks out, but you still kind of just treat them and, and look at them in the same way you've looked at the Jets for, what, the better part of the last decade? Yeah. And every like, what position group do the Jets boast that's better than the Steelers, even without T.J. Watt on the field? I think there's some position groups that you can make the case are equal. I think the wide receiver core for the Jets is one of the best thing about their roster. But now with Garrett Wilson, possibly he's not play. 100%. He's though, playing in the not game. Not 100%, though. But they're still young, and mm-hmm. they have inexperience in the wide receiving core. And the Steelers of Claypool and uh, Deontay and Pickens— 
I think can stack up pretty decently well with that Jets receiving core, although I think the Jets receiving core is going to take off eventually here and be one of the better in the league, especially Garrett Wilson. But he's not there yet, and like you said, he's a little banged up. Uh, running backs, I mean, they've got two good running backs in New York, but they don't really use them ever. They pass the ball a lot, no, and Najee's and better than both of them. Considering they've well, used— Well, we think Najee's better than both of them. Considering they've used each of their last two drafts to get a running back, does that say a lot about how much confidence they have in either guy? Uh, I think it more speaks to they want to go with a two-headed monster approach. They mm-hmm. want they see the success that teams like the Browns have with two really good running backs, and why can't we build that up in our own backyard with draft picks? So I don't think that they don't have confidence in Michael Carter. That's why they picked Brees Hall. I just think that they see an opportunity to have really two strong running backs for the next couple of years. Uh, offensive line is just abysmal because they have three of their first three tackles hurt in this mm-hmm. game. So... Steelers' offensive line playing better, but even if they weren't playing better, you'd think the Jets' offensive line, just because of injury alone, would be the one that is the worse off in this matchup. So uh, that doesn't bother me. Tight ends are both good. Conklin for the Jets is really sure, good. having a great season Friar so far. Firemuth is good as well. Yeah. So quarterback is the last one that we land on. Right. I, I, Mitch I, might be better than Zach Wilson. The jury is still way out on Zach. He had a terrible, and I mean terrible first season mm-hmm. as a rookie threw more interceptions than he did touchdowns didn't inspire much outside of no. some decent runs and using his legs and as his athleticism which he can do very well but this is uh this was supposed to be a big year for Zach Wilson you know you go out and you you get some talent in the draft with Wilson and Brees Hall you're starting to build the offense up around Zach Wilson so he has some playmakers to use and then he gets hurt, and you kind of get the air taken out of your tires if you're the 2022 Jets. Now he's coming back week four, so it's not exactly like the season's a lost cause. And maybe he lights it up and the Jets turn around, but I don't see that happening in any way whatsoever. And if I had to pick one quarterback heading into this game out of the pool of quarterbacks There's that are available four guys, today, right? I'd probably pick Joe Flacco. No, I'm just kidding. I'd probably pick Mitch out of all four of them for now. But the funny thing is, is I think Kenny would be my number two choice. I know what we're getting out of Flacco, and I'm not that impressed with Zach Wilson. Here's a question for you, Tom. Between Zach Wilson, Joe Flacco, Mitch Trubisky, and Kenny Pickett, how many quarterbacks will take the field at a given point on Sunday? Hmm. I'm going to go with three. Because and where does the second guy come from? The Jets sideline. Okay. Because that offensive line is so injured, mm-hmm. and the Steelers have got to have a game plan of if they're going to pass the ball seventy four percent of the time, like they do, we're going to rush the holy hell out of Zach Wilson and make his life a living hell back there. I think the sack totals will be up for guys like Cam Hayward. I think Alex Highsmith will get a sack. Maybe Malik Reed will get his first sack as a Steeler in this game. I don't know. Who's to say? But I think the opportunity is going to be there with how much the Jets drop back to pass. Now, they could change their game plan for the Steelers, and they should, because the Steelers are so vulnerable against the run that you'd think the Jets would try to run the ball and move it via the ground. But if they're stubborn and they want to continue the uh, playbook that Joe Flacco was running into the Zach Wilson Mm -hmm. uh, era of 2022, then they're going to be dropping back to pass a lot. The line is not healthy. The tackles are hurt. I could see Zach Wilson re-aggravating that injury or maybe getting something else injured in this game and having Joe Flacco have to come in. And hopefully it's not too close when Joe Flacco has to come in because 
Well, he knows how to lead a fourth quarter comeback at the artist formerly known as Heinz Field <laughs> Stadium. Yeah, especially against the Steelers, right? I mean, yeah. it just seems to be what he was best at going up against that specific team in the black and gold. I could also see it, Tom, too, being the way that Zach Wilson having his first game, his offseason was cut short, right? He didn't have a full offseason because of his injury, his lingering injury. Uh, so he can really just come out super stale, super rusty, and the Jets and, and Robert Sala are just going to say to themselves, yeah, he's just not ready right now, and maybe just take him out for that reason. Not so much that he gets, he continues to aggravate his ongoing injury and – it's just a really another poor performance by Zach Wilson, and the Jets are are just basically forced to go with Joe Flacco again. They're forced to because of injury, yeah. Well, I, no, I'm saying because of poor performance. They're not going to pull him. In you this don't game. think even if he comes out? Maybe if it's like a, I've thrown four interceptions and the Steelers are winning by five touchdowns, then not a yank to be like, you're on the bench now, kid. You're not coming back into the starting lineup. But as mm-hmm. a, let's just take you out of this game. Ain't your game. We'll figure things out next week, but. We're going to relieve you in this one so it doesn't get any worse. That's what I think. Okay. I don't think they're going to pull Zach Wilson. Once they make this switch into, because Flacco's not the future. Like, right. And and you're not trying to win now. Like, Tim Benz and I were talking about this a lot this week. We've been on a thousand shows together, it seems like. If the Jets were trying to win this game on Sunday and put all the importance into winning now, winning this game, staying in the playoff race, getting to 2-2, two and two, they'd probably start Joe Flacco. He might give them the best chance to win this football game and a couple of football games moving forward. It's not about this year for the Jets, though. It's not about beating the Steelers on Sunday. It's about getting Zach Wilson back into the fold, getting him up to speed, and trying to jumpstart his progression in the NFL where you already missed some time due to an injury at the start of this season. You know, second year for guys can be a launching point. Look at what's happening with Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville. Right. Struggles his rookie year. A lot of circumstances around him led to that struggling. But then he comes back this year and he looks like the guy that was taken number one overall, lit it up at Clemson for so many years. Things are back to quote unquote normal when it comes to Trevor Lawrence. I think that the Jets were hoping for a big explosion in play from Zach Wilson this season, and they had to kind of wait a little bit because of the injury. But this whole year is about Zach Wilson. Is he the guy? Is he going to take that next step in his second season? And that's why I think they're going to play him this game and moving forward really no matter what because they're not trying to win. They're not trying to make the playoffs. So even though Joe Flacco might give you a better chance to win early in the season while Wilson continues to recover, it ain't about winning right now. It's about do we have the guy under center? Learning that, right? Because the Jets, as we know, are more than happy to just say, hey, we're going to use a top 10 draft pick on a quarterback, and if it doesn't work out within the first three years or four years of his deal, let's just try the next guy. And now, after a really bad rookie season and him having to deal with an injury, the Jets are going to be staring down uh, another top 10 potential pick in this year's draft Probably even top five, Tom. Uh, I know a lot of people in their power rankings, when they do a full 32, a lot of people put the Jets all the way down at 32. So if they do that again, it wouldn't shock you at all if they just say, fine, let's throw Flacco out there and whatever, and let's throw Wilson out there and, and see how just bad of a job he does. And if they're in prime position to get another quarterback this year, it wouldn't shock you if they went after one. Ooh. 
I don't know. I think I would Ooh, be a little really? shocked. I think best case scenario for the Jets is obviously Zach Wilson plays great and they win games, but Zach Wilson looks really good. The team around him just ain't there yet. Defense gives so up a lot of points. So you think they would need to spend another, kind of like how Lineman. other teams are doing, like the Lions have been doing, the Falcons have been doing, where they're building the pieces and they're waiting for the right time to, to track a quarterback? Pulling the plug on a quarterback that you picked in the first round, second overall. Again, Tom, it's in the Jets. In two years' time. It's the Jets. It's the Jets. I get have it. Had, who I think are either tied for the lead or had the lead of the most first-round draft picks spent on quarterbacks since – 2000. And I'm not saying that that strategy hasn't worked either. Carolina picked Jimmy Clausen early in the second round, and then the very next year took Cam Newton number one overall. How about, how about Arizona? Arizona, Josh Rosen in the first round, the very next year took Kyler Murray number one overall. So it's happened, and it's worked, but that's a tough move to sell to your owner. You know, if you're the GM, to go in hat in hand and be like, remember how I... Uh, Swung for the fences for Zach Wilson. Yeah, we're done with that. Let's go for another quarterback. It's like, oh, so I have to trust you to pick another quarterback mm -hmm. when you just missed on the last one? You remember how Chris Sims was tooting our horn saying Zach Wilson's the best quarterback to come out of that draft class? He might be still. We'll see. Hey, if you're going to let Trevor Lawrence get the benefit of the doubt and give him a chance to take that step his second year, Zach Wilson deserves it too. He's done it. He has, but Zach Wilson hasn't played yet. And Trevor Lawrence looked, I mean, it wasn't. World's better, but it was better than Zach Wilson was last year. You mean last year Trevor Lawrence yeah. was better? <sighs> Trevor Lawrence was bad last year. Like there were some As games. Where, there Wilson. were some games where it looked like this dude doesn't remember anything about playing quarter. Like this was the guy at Clemson that would go to all the playoffs and won national titles. Like, <laughs> but he's completely reawoken this year, and a lot of that is you know what's surrounding around him. him. Yeah, it's, and not it's even the better. team; it's the coaching staff too. Like sure. Peterson's stable. You have he's a real won coach a Super Bowl. Now, yeah. yeah. Jury is still out when it comes to Robert Sala as a head coach. Great defensive coordinator. Went to a Super Bowl as the D.C. when he was in San Francisco. But some guys are just meant to be great defensive coordinators, great offensive coordinators. The head coaching gig ain't really for them. And it might just be a lost cause in a franchise like New York. You go to a yeah. place like the Lions, like with Dan Campbell. I think we all think Dan Campbell can be a pretty good head coach. Here's he just might get sucked down into the black hole that is Detroit, and mm -hmm. he kind of did already in week three where you play a great game against Minnesota on the road, you're staring at a tie for first place in your division through three weeks in the season right in the eye, and then Minnesota and Kirk Cousins comes back on you and you don't know how to win and you do Lions things and then – Two seconds left on the clock, touchdown Minnesota, game over, you lose. Like, mm -hmm. It's just something about these franchises that is inevitable. It sucks everybody down into their depths that are associated with them. And that's what Trevor Lawrence is trying to fight right now. And, you know, Jacksonville, when you look at Jets, Lions, and Jaguars, the Jags are one of the more successful ones recently in, in their franchise. It's been a shorter franchise than the other two teams, but... Than those other two. I mean, I know the Jets went to back-to-back -back AFC title games, but the Jags have been to the AFC title game a couple times right. in their franchise history and more recently than the Jets have. Sure. But those are the kind of things that players like Wilson, Lawrence, anybody on the Lions, they're going to have to struggle. Stafford for years struggled with it. The, the franchise just has this stink around <laughs> it. Like, and you can't, no matter, you bring in the best of the best, and they still just get dragged down to mm -hmm. that franchise level and... That's happening to Zach Wilson, I think, with the Jets, even though I don't know if he had any talent to begin with. But I think it's definitely happening to Robert Sala, where we might not get a good look at what he is as a head coach just because of the ineptitude around him. Yeah, and that's kind of a shame because he led a great defense when he was in San Francisco, and you kind of thought when he went to the Jets, you thought, okay, 
we we've seen the carousel of coaches and quarterback combos in New York for decades now. None's really worked out, but you like the prospect of of Robert Sala. You like him getting a young quarterback that he can mold or at least help mold because he's a defensive minded guy. And so far, it just really hasn't worked out for him. And you and you wonder in New York again. This is not a franchise who who is patient, right? They've had a long. Decades long worth of suffering here with with no Super Bowl success, with very little playoff success. They are not ones to say, okay, we'll be patient and we'll give you chance after chance year after year. They might just have to cut the cord on Robert Sala and it's not his fault at all. I don't think well, partially his fault. It's not like it's he's well, completely you, you, to yeah, be. Yeah, it's absolved. not like the it's not like Urban Meyer and and Jackson. Yeah, he's not a train wreck. He's right. not a disaster, kicking kickers and not knowing who number ninety nine is on the Los Angeles mm-hmm. Rams. But it's definitely an uphill battle when you have a franchise like that and you're tasked with turning them around. If everyone has lemonade stands, I think we can do it. These inspiring words were expressed by Alex Scott, the little girl who was battling childhood cancer and decided to have a lemonade stand in her own backyard to help fundraise for a cure. In honor of Alex and everyone fighting this disease, join ST Bank June 1st through the 8th at all bank branches for lemonade days. Enjoy treats and activities. Help us support research, awareness, and hope for these children and families in need. Let's make people our purpose and build a brighter future together. ST Bank, member FDIC. I am grateful that the Steelers are playing Zach Wilson this week, though, because unlike the Jets, the Steelers are trying to win. Um, We can do a whole different episode debating on if it's smart or prudent to try to win right now if you're the Steelers, but that's just in their DNA, and that's the way that their head coach is wired. So until there is an X next to their name in the standings and they mathematically can't make it, they're going to try to win every single game. So... Even, I'm grateful so, for it being Zach Wilson and not Joe Flacco because we laid out in episodes earlier this week and a lot of people have felt this way. You just don't feel as comfortable with someone under center who you've seen in that very stadium beat your team so many times with a lot lesser teams too. Like right. It's not exactly like the Ravens were always the world-beating Patriots rolling into Heinz Field then. And beating the Steelers. No, you know? a lot of the time it was the Steelers who were favored. Favored and, in the game, and they and it, the one that really sticks out to me is was it the 2015, 2016 playoff game? It was twenty fourteen when the twenty fourteen twenty fifteen season. No yeah. Bell, so twenty fifteen was when the game. Well, was yeah, played in he January. got Lev Bell got hurt in the. Uh, it was what ben season Tate? finale. Ben Tate was the running back. They yeah, they, they signed him from Houston. Yeah, and even then, still should have beat the Ravens at home, right. and they could not overcome. So. He's got your not. He doesn't have your number, but he knows how to beat you at your mm. own stadium. And I just feel more comfortable in this young kid who is coming off of an injury, had a bad rookie season, sophomore season now. Tons of pressure on him. Are you the guy? Are you not the guy? It's New York, so the leash is the leash is even shorter there than in any other market. I I think that there's just so much pressure on Zach Wilson and. Even though Joe Flacco might not be as skilled as Zach Wilson, I think he thinks the game way better than Zach Wilson. And when you're playing a team like the Steelers, whose offense is meh, mm-hmm. don't you think that you'd rather have the quarterback in there that's not going to make the big mistake, play a lot of time of possession, try to score one or two touchdowns, and then win with defense and field position? I do. But again, the Jets aren't trying to win this game. 
No, I don't think they are, and I don't think they stand a good chance with Zach Wilson playing for the first time since August, early August, that very first preseason game that he came in for and then got hurt during that game, and he was pulled and then wasn't able to play either the last two games. So we are now close to uh, what that was early August. We're approaching early October. We're getting close to two months, Tom, that it's been since Zach Wilson has taken the football field. And in that first instance, it was in a preseason format. It was it was barely football, and he was out there for, I think, maybe one or two drives, and that was it before he got taken out of the game because of his injury. So you're talking about limited experience. This guy is it. He has no experience, essentially, this year, this season. And to have his first real test or have his first real regular season experience come all the way into a month into the season and playing in Pittsburgh, which – you can say, you know, home field home field advantage is a myth and anyone can win anywhere any week, but Pittsburgh is a desperate team right right now. It's 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 looking for a win. It's looking to get right before a really tough slate of games going up against Goliaths like Buffalo and Miami and Philly and even Tampa Bay. Pittsburgh knows how badly he needs to win this game. So where New York is looking at this game, possibly saying, let's not kill who could be our future quarterback here. And Pittsburgh is looking at it entirely opposite, saying, we're going to do everything we possibly can to win this football game. I think both sides are looking at this game in a lot of a different light here, and that could lead to an easy victory to the Steelers, for the Steelers. Everything we said about Zach Wilson, you know, is spot on because we're the best. And (laughs) they want to get him acclimated to this offense and up to speed as fast as possible. So winning the football game might take a backseat to his development here. But still, if you're the OC and you're looking at this game on paper and you're trying to devise your game plan, you're you're trying to script your first couple drives against the Steelers, how is Michael Carter and Brees Hall not heavily involved in that? I mean, the Steelers are now back down to the bottom of the basement when it comes to stopping the run in the NFL. And... Mm -hmm. I get that the T.J. Watt injury is hurting in all areas. He's so underrated as a run stuffer, but that was one of the areas where you needed to hold your ground because if you're not going to be able to get as much pressure in the passing game without Watt or any playmaking ability without Watt mm-hmm. and they can run the ball all over you, then what what are you going to be able to do well as a defense? The offense is going to have the most comfortable day moving down the field every single drive, and you've seen that with the Browns and the, and the Patriots, and especially with the Browns in that game. So if I'm the Jets, I'm trying to attack on the ground early and often because I question if the Steelers' run defense is that much better than it is. And the coaching staff for the Steelers is probably, I don't want to say questioning that themselves, but they're looking at it and they're saying we had to make a move by benching Alu Alu and putting in Montrevious Adams. I don't think you want to be making those kind of moves in week four when all year long it was uh Alu Alu, Ogan Joby, and Cam Hayward. How could the run defense not be better? And here it is. And as you mentioned, the Steelers have had their own issues of who's a real starter and who should be a bench guy. And even though we spent all preseason long saying with four guys possibly deep on that defensive line, five even maybe, if you want to include Chris Wormley on that list, the Steelers are still going to struggle to to stop the run when last year you thought, well, it can't get any worse than last year with only Cam Hayward. But here you are now, 
and you're still struggling. I know you did a good job in week one of kind of containing Joe Mixon, but these last two weeks, especially last week in Cleveland, you really got exposed. And as you mentioned, Tom, looking at the Cleveland tape, New York should say, well, we can do that. We don't necessarily have Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, but we still have two guys that we like handing the ball off to. Michael Carter has done it for us last year as a rookie, and now you can give it to him and Brees Hall. Considering how fragile Zach Wilson could be in this game and how limited Garrett Wilson could be as a threat, as a, as a receiving threat, really the winning formula, maybe not winning, but the formula is there to to really attack the Steelers' defense. It is, and I think the Steelers' defense needs to win this game for the Steelers. Um, you think this, we'll is, talk, this is the get-right game for the Steelers' defense? I think it can be a get-right game for the Steelers in general, Yeah, but I just think I can't trust the offense if I'm on the defensive side of the ball. You're saying more importantly. They got to hold the Jets to like 10 points or less. And that's tough to put on the shoulders of a defense, but you're the highest paid defense in the NFL. You should be. I know you're missing your high priced guy, but Minkup gets paid a lot too, and so Mm -hmm. does Cam. So So I think that they need to go out there and you hope that the offense, and we'll talk about the offense a lot in the next episode. You hope that they put up a ton of points. You hope that they get to the mid-20s, maybe even the low-30s if you're feeling really saucy. But if I'm the defense, I'm like, I can't give up more than 10 points. A touchdown and a field goal is is all we can afford to ensure a victory. You know, Maybe our offense does surprise us and right. we win the game 28-17 to 17 or something like that. But if you hold the Jets to 10 or less points and you can't win the football game, then, I mean... You're talking about one of the worst offenses that we've seen in a long time. So limit to the 10 or less points and go out there and force the game into your hands despite what the offense does. Yeah, I mean, there's no reason that Cam Hayward and Mika Fitzpatrick both have a field day, right? I know it was just Alex Alex Highsmith and Larry O who really had big days last week. But Cam needs to get Cam needs a get right game. I'm not saying that Mika needs a get right game, but Splash again, right? You were able to do so in the first two weeks. You should be able to intercept Zach Wilson. This isn't Mac Jones being led by Bill Belichick here. This is Zach Wilson being led by, by being led by Robert Sala. Zach Wilson will make mistakes, right? Whether it's him or his coaching staff making the play calls, mistakes will be made. You need to be able to take advantage of that. Subscribe to the Mike Tomlin Game Day Podcast. Steelers Digest editor Bob Labriola talks with head coach Mike Tomlin about the upcoming game. New episodes drop every single game day, so look for that on Sunday morning. It's available on the Steelers mobile app, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever you get your podcasts. We'll switch over to the offensive side of the ball, talk about that Jets defense and how the Steelers will plan to attack it. That's on the way next. He's Jacob Brecht. I'm Tom Opperman, and you're listening to the Steelers Standard. If everyone has lemonade stands, I think we can do it. These inspiring words were expressed by Alex Scott, the little girl who was battling childhood cancer and decided to have a lemonade stand in her own backyard to help fundraise for a cure. In honor of Alex and everyone fighting this disease, join ST Bank June 1st through the 8th at all bank branches for lemonade days. Enjoy treats and activities. Help us support research, awareness, and hope for these children and families in need. Let's make people our purpose and build a brighter future together. ST Bank, member FDIC. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.